Hello, hello, hello. Today is the first episode of DDK Esports ever that will be covering the major or doing really any preview work. Of course, you know, I did an interview, some interviews um, before at the last major, but I'm talking preview episodes. That was something I was not able to do effectively last time. And we're going to start off by doing our pickums. And again, it's something that I don't normally ever do. So this is going to be very interesting. As, the, as a few of the teams will be difficult for me to really place just due to the fact that I have not seen a huge amount from them. And when it comes to the best of threes, when we're talking the elimination and advancement matches, that's where things get interesting because, you know, a lot of teams can be particularly special on the, in one particular map or, or in one particular matchup. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But I think the first six teams for me are pretty locked in and we'll talk about those teams Fnatic of course have been much more consistent generally speaking they much like NIP now are packed full of skill the lineup is pretty it's it actually has a lot of of uh, strength I would say and what is the word I'm looking for they're very resilient and they're a team that don't necessarily have that tactical strategical depth to consistently make those top three top fours at the you know, international events of this caliber, but they are a team that does have the ability with the skill on hand and the experience on hand to make those top eights pretty regularly and not to lose against teams that are weaker than them. They have a style of play where you know you will expect to see generally more defensive CT sides. Something that I think that they have been trying to work in and on some maps in particular is ways to be a bit more aggressive on their CT sides and take more initiative. But this honestly for me in, in being a Counter-Strike fan, someone that's watched CSGO for a long time, I would typically see Swedish teams have a slightly different meta when it comes to the rest of the world generally. And I think this is most noticeable on maps like Inferno, where you'll see them be more reluctant most of the time to be as aggressive on Banana as you would see more or less every other team um, from all the other major regions. And this is this actually goes for NIP too to some extent. So this passive playstyle comes at its, at, its, at its risks, it has gambles, but the thing is, is that they're very good at playing that style. So it's something to look out for when you, when you watch them play, how well they play these nail-biting scenarios, and it can make for very exciting matches. So Fnatic, I think, will have no problem going through. I think similarly, you know, NIP, I think I'm going to lump them together here. I think we're going to see uh, the return of, of Swedish Counter-Strike at this major. I would not be surprised at all if they make the playoffs. It will be a hard run, but from what we've seen so far in the lead-up to this major, if we look at sort of the recovery process for both of these teams from the previous major, we should absolutely expect both of these teams to to make the legend stage, I would say. Cloud9, another really easy pick for the the top eight here in the new challengers stage. This is a pretty damn stacked new challengers stage, honestly. It's quite difficult to comprehend that things just you know went this way, but they did. Cloud9, I've spoken a lot about them. They're one of my teams to watch, the absolute team to watch for me right now, because they've got this amazing mixture of of players with a huge amount of major experience. You've got a lot of major trophies on everyone except Zelsis. And all of these players as well have come from a same, uh, the same situation where they've all been trying to find that success that they had previously, but been unable to do so because they couldn't find lineups that worked within their own countries. Let's say, you know, um, if, if we're looking at the likes of Flusher, obviously not, not Golden anymore as he's no longer in the lineup, but 
of course, you've got you know Flusher in there who was bouncing around in, in the Swedish teams after be, being so dominant and for so for so long being a player that was you know right at the top of of the game, like a guy that was always in the conversation for you know one of the best players in the world or you know uh, you know effectively a top three player at the very least. Uh, of course, you've got Kiyoshima who similarly was without a team for a very long time and is equally as skilled in in, in many regards, like a very very good player, very rock solid. Great at pretty much everything you could ask him to do. And he's very smart as well. And when it comes to the clutches, because of his com- how composed he is, he's just very good at just making that decision and just committing to it. So he's a great bombside anchor. He's very good on those T-sides in the mid to late rounds, in those post plants where he's you know, going to be up against those CTs going for the retake. You know, he's, he's very good at all those spots. So we, we have seen him statistically be very good for the team. And, and he didn't want to play in a French team for the longest time. You know, of all the drama that we've seen, all these you know French super teams that we've seen. There's so much skill in the in the scene, but obviously there's been issues. There's been issues either whether it be with the culture, with relationships, you know whatever it might be. There has clearly been issues, and it seemed to be the case that he didn't want any part of that. And he was biding his time, waiting for a good opportunity, and then boom, you know onto Cloud9 he goes, able to jump in there uh, for you know I think I think Kiyoshima was the addition for. Golden, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's correct, and I think he, yeah, that's I think that's correct. And then of course you've got Zelsus, you know, jumping in there as as well. Or actually, no, that may, okay, so it would be Zelsus for Golden, and then Kishima would have come in for for the likes of Stika, who was on loan before, I believe. That's actually correct. So so yeah, so that moves me nicely to just talk about um, Zelsus very quickly. Zelsus, a very new player. One of the things people have been saying about him is how, despite the fact that he's only got like. The stage experience of this year, the Iber Powers Masters, and also the E League Invitational, it's very little experience now going onto the major stage. Despite that, they've been crediting him, the teammates that, that is, have been crediting him to be very humble, able to take on any criticism. You know, he's he's obviously got an incredible wealth of experience behind him, four players that he can look to who have seen it all and done it all. So that's that's an incredibly that's like the right formula. If you're gonna have a if if you want a perfect situation, you don't wanna have two new players that are fresh. Right, you want to have that one guy that slots in there. That's the right guy that can can look around him and see only confidence because he has all these experienced play, uh, players around him. And you know, from uh, from what we've seen so far, chemistry and personality, uh, you know, it's all been looking very good on the team. They seem to get along very well. They seem to respect each other. And so far, it seems like Zelsus has been doing very well in his roles. You can see the nerves, and that's that's. I mean, that's gonna be that's, that has to be the case. Like, it's very rare, very special that you see a player sit down <clears throat> at his first tournaments and look like he does, you know, in five years' time. I've seen that very rarely. It's it requires a very very special individual indeed, and uh, not to say that he's not special in any sense. Um, again, like some of the positions he, he's been put on, you'll see him lurking on T sides. You'll see him anchoring bomb sites on CT sides. Like he's been given a lot of very important responsibilities, whether it comes from making um, calls when it when it comes to information, you know, in, in, in lurking, for example, or whether it comes to you know him having to anchor bomb sites and understanding how to reposition, how to communicate to his teammates. Like he, he's doing good stuff so far, and we have only uh, a reason to think that it will get better for him and his team in the future with him on it. Russian automatic, obviously, two rock solid players again. Automatic, you know, p- picking up that that AWP. I know I'm talking about Cloudline a lot here, but I do think they're very exciting. <laughs> they're quite, they're quite okay. So automatic and rush, we know that they're great. Automatic looks like a fantastic aggressive warper. He's not just like a nitro. 
and not to say Nitro is not an, an amazing AWP player, but Automatic has that quality where it looks like if he wanted to just go full Kenny S, he could. You know, it looks like he's able to go to that extra gear and be very aggressive and do it in in a, in a in a very seamless way, and it's not really out of his comfort zone to do so. That's a really positive sign for someone that has has had to take the orb from Skadoodle. Typically in a team, it's not going to work like that. Um, so, and, and, you know, of course, you know, with Automatic and Rush, they've been struggling for a year with this lineup to try to find success. Um, so they're very, very hungry. So I didn't mean to make this a cloud line podcast, but they are really one of my most exciting teams to watch. And I, I know, especially after the E-League Invitational, I think we're going to see some really fun games from them. So moving on to the next team, uh, we will have, um, and, and so as far as my three O teams go, by the way, because we're talking about Pickums here as well, and I'm trying to help you guys decide with Pickums. I, I do think that Cloud9, because of the hunger factor, that's very important. The hunger factor is important. A lot of teams that are very good, let's say Fnatic, NIP, even NIG at this point because of their experience uh, and so on and so forth, these teams are very good. They know they're better than the majority of the competition that they're up against. They know they're going to go through. Like It's not really a question at this point. They have so much experience and they're thinking almost about the playoffs already in some senses. Obviously, if you ask them, of course, that's not going to be the case. But in the back of their minds, they are thinking about that. That's how their prediction, their estimate for the skill that they have. That's where it places them. It places them in the major playoffs, in the top eight of the major, you know, these teams. And a lot of them have a lot of experience as well. And so what tends to happen, and it's uh, there's two things that, that, that happen psychologically here is that you get the best teams in the world who don't want to peak at the beginning of a tournament. They want to they want to just start off pretty steady, doing the basics very well, using their skill, not having to show any fancy strats, and they want to just not, you know, not glide through as if they're putting in no effort, but they want to just not start off the tournament at 100%. You want to peak at the right time in a tournament. Now, sometimes that can be a bit different when we're talking about tournaments that go over the series of weeks. But at the same time, there is a less, a less of a hunger element to prove themselves than there is for some other teams. And I think Cloud9 is a good example of this, a team that is incredible and is and should be in the top eight, but they've been denied for so long. This is, this is their opportunity. This is you know, their one shot type, type thing if someone, someone wants to start playing um, or, or to queue up Eminem. So I think, that, uh, I think Cloud9 are gonna be a 3-0 team. I think another team that really has a lot to prove that should be crushing people is is NRG. But I do think that the style of play from Fnatic and IP makes them very difficult and very resilient at this point. So for me, it is a toss up between those teams. And so if I had to choose one, and if I was to go with this a similar trend here of, of you know thinking about you know, the, the levels of hunger for a team and and so on. I would actually choose NRG. I would go out on a limb to choose NRG, mostly because NRG are in an interesting position whereby, again, a team that's very good, um, they have their issues. And we've spoken about that before, you know, the issues in communication. If you missed that, you can go back to my podcast with Daps, taken from last year, at the end of last year, where he spoke and said, you know, basically our main problem is the communication. And one of the things we, we thought about that was maybe it's it's just the combination of players whilst they have good chemistry together, you know, they enjoy each other and everything like that. It may be that the, the personalities don't make up for the best Counter-Strike team per se, um, but that's obviously, you know, we'll see this major, that this major will really prove that or not for them. 
Um, but at the same time, they're very hungry and they're, they're very skilled players with a solid game plan. So I would imagine that they would also go 3-0 because every single game is going to be you know, incredibly critical for them um, in their minds so that, that they're going to have that hyper-focus. So, so my, uh, my 3-0s will be Cloud9 and NRG. Um, Fnatic and NIP will go through as well. Um, Ents obviously have been playing really well recently. Ents is a team that's more difficult for me to predict just because I haven't seen as many of their games, but they have been consistently performing as time has gone by. They've been, you know, consistent as uh, you know, making the steady improvements. And um, honestly, just just for the the easy fence <laughs> fact that you know the, the the amazing like fan base that we're we're seeing and sort of the the memes and everything that's coming out of Ents, um, I just really want them to go through. And it's it's also so awesome to see you know. Alu just being so satisfied in, in you know going back to a team like this and, and working at it for so long to to you know get some really good achievements uh, moving forwards and uh, so to see Ents you know having so much success recently is uh, really awesome and their world ranking is twelve for a reason so um, I feel like it's very difficult not to to throw Ents in there um, so definitely been very impressed by Ents you know Renegades another team that I think that should go through. And that should be in the pickums for going through. Uh, Renegades uh, seem to have found a lot of a lot of uh, firepower on this new team that was very unexpected, and a lot. And it actually looks like a unit that kind of works. Now they do have a consistency issue, but they they are number thirteen behind Reneg uh, sorry uh, behind Ents at the moment. Um, the rankings don't mean everything, as as we have seen. You know, North, for example, and the the, the troubles that they have found being able to qualify and and being able to beat opponents that they should on paper just beat and that's a more complex uh, question but but renegades definitely they're going to show us a lot of really exciting games and they're absolutely going to make it through this stage vitality um they're another interesting one because for me vitality is a team that when when you know it was put together i, I just looked and i'm like i don't see how this will work i don't think this team makes sense i do like the pickup of alex um, for Happy, although I think Happy is a great player and he could do very well on a different team. I I also like another team. Uh, sorry, another player that I could see being being replaced on the team is is either RPK or potentially Apex uh, to make this team sort of really click. But we'll see, you know, how things develop with Alex. Alex is a really really good up and coming player. I was kind of sad to see that LDLC lineup with him. Uh, recently sort of disbands to you know and, and those players go their separate ways but Alex is really incredible so I just fought on a pure firepower factor you know with Zywoo in there with Alex and Apex and MBK in there RPK just running at people like I think that that should just be enough to to see them through I do think they will drop maps they're definitely not going in the in the three zero category but you know Vitality will, will definitely get through G2 is like a really weird one for me. I honestly don't know where to place them. And for me, it's, for me, um, <clears throat> I, I want to, I want to I, I say that they should go through, uh, but let me just double check all the teams that we have here. So we've got Fnatic, we've got NRG, we've got Cloud9, we've got NIP, we've got Ents, we've got Team Vitality, we've got G2. Oh, sorry, I, I didn't put G2 in there. Um, we've got Renegades, so that's seven. Okay, so that means there is just one left. So, so do I throw G2 in there? That, this is something I've been struggling with because there's a lot of other teams that could really make an upset. And at most majors recently, we have seen it be the case that you know, one of these lesser known teams or one of these teams from like, let's say Asia, like Tai Lu, you know, make it to the major. So it's a, it's a really difficult one because 
Tai Lu, for example, is a team that I do want to, to say, um, actually more so than G2. And it's mostly because stylistically, they have this like, <laughs> they have a really weird play style where they just do just ridiculous stuff. And for the lesser experienced teams, it can throw you very, very badly. <laughs> it's like that extreme case of when you get, when you get fragged in a, in a pug or, or in a match even. Um, and, 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 you know, we've all had this feeling where, where you're thinking to yourself, that guy made a bad play and I got completely wrecked. Like if he, like, that's just like, you get, and you get infuriated by it because you just don't expect it because it's such a terrible play. And in your mind that you're just like obsessing over that and it kind of like tilts you. And that's kind of what Tai Lu tend to do to people. So especially the less experienced ones. The other issue is as well is that we got Vega Squadron who, who honestly like Vega Squadron tend to deliver when it comes to majors, right? And Team Spirit, also a team that has shown some good results and it's, it's difficult, but it's difficult overall to place them. Uh, Furia, again, you know, one of the best teams from Brazil, also difficult to place them, um, especially in, 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 in this kind of a setting. Greyhound Gaming, you know, with, with Dick Stacy and so on. This is also a difficult team to place in this competition. There's just so little data. Um, I don't expect Windstrike to make it through... Um, Vici are a team which I could expect to do some damage as well, much like Tyloo. I think I'm going to have to go for one of the Asian teams here, and it's and I, and I think I will just go with with Tyloo just because because despite the communication issues that they have, and despite the fact that both Summer and Attack are sort of on loan, and the situation is a bit weird, and Captain Mo is not going to be there, and everything like that, um, and it's I, I just have to pick them. I just have to pick that Tyloo factor. So that there are my eights for the Pickums. This is my Pickums preview podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. I hope that in some way it, will, it helps to inform you as to how to maybe uh, choose uh, your pickums as well, some of the safer picks and some of the more risky picks. I do think that these, the, some, uh, amongst some of the teams that I didn't choose, that there is a pretty strong possibility that a, a couple of those will sneak through um, just because of the nature of, of this kind of... Because it, we're working with the Swiss system here, which means that if you're unfamiliar with these formats... A Swiss system means that if you win your first game, then you play the other team, like you get matched with another team that won their first game. And then if you lose, you know, if you've gone 1-1, then you match up with other teams that go 1-1. So this sometimes can create, like if there's, because in, in the best of one phase, this can sometimes, you can have like an upset where like a highly seeded team or a team that should be a high seed suddenly goes 1-1. And then suddenly they're against a team that is like probably should go through, but they're not quite as strong as the super high seeded teams or the, or the teams that are the best in the field. And then they get knocked out and then all of a sudden a weaker team might make it like slip through the cracks. So it's a system that can that where that can happen. Obviously, the advancement and elimination maps are best of three. That's to serve as a control to try to mitigate that factor. But it can always happen, as we've seen at many majors past. Either way, that about does it for me on this one. So I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, remember to check out my stream where... Over the course of the major, I'll be picking up demos from various teams that I think are interesting. I'm really looking forward to seeing MIBR. Obviously, they won't be in the in the first stage, but there's not much too much known about them um, just yet because they didn't play in any of the tournaments early this year. But uh, you can check out my stream, twitch.tv slash ddktv, where I will be playing Counter-Strike, talking about Counter-Strike. You can ask me any questions you want. I'll also be playing um, Apex Legends as well. That's a lot of fun as my sort of secondary game. And, and uh, also... Um, as far as the, the demos go for the this first stage, 
I will have to keep my eye on it. But I th I think that there's a there's a, a you know depending on how the matches turn out, um, I'm really interested to look at Cloud Nine, Team Vitality, um, Fnatic and NIP. I don't necessarily see it happening unless there's a really outstanding game. Same thing for NRG, just because they've all been been around the block a few times at this point. But some of the newer teams, they're interesting to see how they play together um, as players, uh, as you know, in matchups, their approach to maps. That's very interesting stuff. So we'll uh, we'll be looking at that as well um, as the as the week progresses. So yeah, check it out. And if you like the podcast, you can share it. And of course, I have a Patreon as well if you want to support it. And uh, yeah, it's been great. I'm glad you guys enjoy it. And I'll see you for the next one.